0: Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. But then Rebecca, my the journey really began because I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, which is dubbed the suicide disease. And so I, I knew that I was going to have, I knew I was going to need grit and I knew that I was going to have to be mentally tough and physically tough. But man, oh man, dealing with constant chronic pain on a daily basis and and finding out that it's never gonna ease up, that there's no known cure, that is really where my transformational journey began.
1: So the big questions are these, how can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives? in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth. In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca song and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I am so excited to welcome my dear friend Amber LeLago to this episode. Boy, is she, she This is an incredible superstar here. Kimberly is a best-selling author. She has a podcast. She has appeared on the Today Show, Megyn Kelly, The Doctor. She has a super popular TEDx talk. Uh, she has written a book called True Grit and Grace. She has a podcast of the same name that is incredibly popular. I think it's one of the top 1% of podcasts in the world or something like that. And so it is my honor and my pleasure to welcome my dear friend Amber Lee. Thank you so much for being on my show. Oh my goodness, thank you for having
0: me. We were talking before and I'm like, "Oh yeah, we were going to record a show." I we can just talk. I mean, I just adore you. And it was so much fun to get to see you just crush it on stage at the Million Dollar Mastermind this past weekend. Just so much fun to hang out. So, and to get to
1: talk to you again, and then I'll get to see you again soon. So thank you for having me on the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you for coming out to support me Mm -hmm. at Ryan's, Ryan Steumann's Million Dollar Mastermind, which was an amazing, amazing experience to be there and, and hang out with you and, and, and Craig Siegel, who came out as well. And we had, so much fun at dinner. We 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 laughed our, our heads off to our, our sides split. <laughs> yeah, my face was hurting. We were laughing so much. <laughs> so much fun. And uh, well, I, I just have so much I want to talk to you about. And it, I mean, you have an, an unbelievable story. I mean, you were so huge in the fitness world and a model and doing incredible things until your world changed like in an instant. We talk about how life can change in an instant. Mm. Your life changed in an instant. And it's so, I, I think it can really be, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because there's such a message for everyone in what you talk about and how what, Anyone can learn about how to come out of the dark. I mean, to me, that's really the power of your message on coming out of the dark.
0: Well, thank you. I mean, it's, I hear you read my introduction and I'm like, wow, it's so crazy. I never ever would have thought even like five years ago that I would ever be doing a a TED
1: talk or have a book. I didn't even own a computer. I mean, there's, there's so many people who, who follow me and listen to me who are in the dark, who feel like they're never going to get out of a hole. And you were deep in that hole. Mm-hmm. and so i want you to talk about how your life changed in 2010 and how that sent you into a hole so talk about that
0: yeah and i i was living the california dream living not far from you with my two kids my husband had a successful business was sponsored by nike and everything changed in the blink of an eye. I mean, I was on my way home from work. I jumped on my Harley and I'm cruising down Ventura. And I see an SUV over in the the corner. And as as a motorcyclist, you kind of drive defensively and you try to make sure people see you. And I thought he saw me. I guess he didn't. He shot out of the parking lot. He T-boned me and I was thrown about 30 feet and I'm sliding across the asphalt and all I could think of Ventura is a really busy street. All I could think of is please just don't let another car hit me. And when I came to a stop, I looked down at my leg and it's crazy to look down at yourself and see yourself completely disfigured and deformed. I mean, my leg was broken into pieces. My foot was dangling on, holding, held on by skin. My femoral artery was severed. I didn't know that at the time, but I had this like guardian angel, this guy, I don't know who he is to this day, but he right away took his belt off and made a tourniquet on my leg. He saved my life because I could have easily bled out. I was taken to the hospital and I remember every detail, like people ask me, well, did it hurt? Do you remember anything? It was the worst pain of my life. It's the only way I can describe it. I've never felt anything like that before. And I remember just squeezing the paramedic's leg in the back of the ambulance and trying to make eye contact with him. And I was trying to get like, am I okay? Am I gonna live? And I remember thinking, he's not making eye contact with me. Does this mean I'm gonna die? Am I gonna die? We get there the the emergency room is packed it's full of cops my husband was a lieutenant commander news travels fast in the police force and there were just cops everywhere they thought maybe I was a cop that had gone down and and it was chaotic i hear this man this crying i had ne- like wailing i look i look it's my husband Now I'm taped, like strapped down to this gurney, so I can't see what he sees, but I guess what he sees that is so horrendous, he was crying hysterically and I yelled across the ER, honey, I need you to get over here and be strong for me. And I really needed to know at that moment, because I thought maybe this was it, I was gonna die, that he was gonna be able to take care of our two kids. Well, he came over and held my hand and that's the last thing I remember before I was put in induced coma, And when I woke up a little over a week later, the first thing I learned was I had a 1% chance of saving my leg from amputation. They said, I'm sorry, this is basically a war wound. There's nothing we can do for you. We're going to have to amputate. And When I was saying earlier, you know, how I didn't even own a computer five years ago. I mean, I lived my whole life. I was a professional dancer. I was an athlete. I spent all my time on the gym floor. I didn't even have social media. I didn't know how to work technology. Running was my therapy. And so when they told me, you've got a 1% chance of saving your leg, I was like, okay, well, then there's a chance. I need to find a doctor who's gonna, believe in that chance and help me save my leg. And and that 1% was really, that was my glimmer of hope. And that is what I held on to. And I think that a lot of people, I, I pray that no one has to ever experience being hit by a car. I, I pray no one ever has to experience being in a coma and waking up and not knowing what's going to happen next. I mean, I really don't recommend that. It's not fun those tubes coming out of your mouth and everything but I feel like so many of us have been hit so hard especially in the last 2 years whether it's with our our health our jobs our our mental health especially. Whether it's pain physically, emotionally, we've all been hit with something. Adversity is a given, but how we handle it is a choice. And I think that how I decided to handle it in the very beginning by focusing on that 1% and hanging on to that as my hope, is how I made it through what totaled 34 surgeries to, to piece by piece put my leg back together but then rebecca my the journey really began because i was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome which is dubbed the suicide disease and so I I knew that I was going to have, I knew I was going to need grit and I knew that I was going to have to be mentally tough and physically tough. But man, oh man, dealing with constant chronic pain on a daily basis and and finding out that it's never going to ease up, that there's no known cure... That is really where my transformational journey began and where I went, spiraled into a dark place and had to slowly learn how to crawl out of that space. And so if I can share anything today for anybody who is struggling with whether it's depression, I'm not a doctor, but I've been depressed and I've climbed out of it. Anxiety, again, I'm not a specialist, but I've had anxiety. Fear, oh yeah, shame. Oh, I hated myself. I hated the way I looked. I was so embarrassed. I mean, to go from being the one who I was the breadwinner, breadwinner of the family. I was dependent on the way that I looked. And to go from being a fitness model to now being deformed and scarred up from the hip down and told to get back in a wheelchair that I'd be permanently disabled it really put me in a dark place. But by the grace of God, by some developing some tools and some mental toughness, some grit and really working on my optimism, I've been able to climb out of that. And that's what I'm so passionate about is sharing some of the strategies and things that I've done to climb out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting because I heard... One of the things that you say, and as when I was listening back to some of your other interviews, where you said we can all decide if we're gonna be the victim or the victor. And I've I've had that time in my life myself. And I talk about the deciding factor and, and actually how the root of the word decide is actually side. It's actually to kill. It's like to cut off mm-hmm. and you had to decide at at one point, like, what are you going to do? Right? I love
0: that. I love breaking down that word to really look at its true meaning. And yeah,
1: I, I when think- When you from- decide, you're killing off any other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. And the universe or God or whatever it is you believe in, I believe in God, lines up for you to make it happen. Right? Are you going to be the victim or the victor?
0: And I really did have to decide. And where I was stuck and how I was spiraling down is I was so caught up in trying to go back to what, I was before the accident and fix what was broken. And I was also trying to just stuff down the pain. I mean, I grew up in Texas where we had sayings like, suck it up, buttercup. And suck it up only gets you so far. I had to learn to... You know, being combined, I was stuck in a hospital bed for months. And when I say stuck in a hospital bed, I mean, I I literally had bed sores because I couldn't move out of one position. I had to use a bedpan and my only what i used to do for when i was sad or anxious or or anything i would go for a run and now suddenly i was stuck in this hospital bed and i couldn't run and i had to feel all these feelings that were in process them and i had to i kept saying to myself like <clears throat> How did this happen? What what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this pain? And I realized I was asking myself the wrong question. And when I asked myself, why am I going to get through this? There was one morning I was laying in my hospital bed. I had a hospital bed that we put in our downstairs living room because my bedroom was upstairs and I couldn't go up and down the stairs. And I'm laying in bed and I was literally throwing up from pain in my little Port a potty that was next to me, which wasn't easy. And I thought, how am I going to get through this day? And I heard this little voice. My daughter was two years old, and I, I heard her voice. I heard her say, Mama. And I knew right then it was like i it's like when well, we're in our head and we're saying how we're stuck in our head and i had this inner critic this bully that's saying well of course you can't do it you'll never do it you're not enough you're not good enough or whatever that inner bully says but when i said why and i gave myself a why and it was because i wanted to be an example of resilience for my daughter i didn't want to be an example of a victim for my daughter so that why it activates the energy in you it activates your heart In your human spirit. And I need a lot of human spirit to get through the days ahead. But every time I focus on my why, to this day, it gets me out of my head and it puts me in my heart and it activates the human spirit. And man, the human spirit is powerful beyond measure.
1: Customers are rushing to your store.
0: Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. So I think for endurance, you know, it takes that grit. It takes, it's not necessarily about enduring the pain, but it is about building your stamina so you can sustain whatever it is that you're going for.
1: When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. SoberLink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they're not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. SoberLink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party Judges rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource Tips for Negotiating with a Narcissist. To download the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging like a narcissist or other high conflict personality and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation Cheat Sheet at www.WinMyNegotiation.com. Did you know that Americans spend more than 90% of their time indoors and that in some cases, indoor air can actually be more polluted than outdoor air? And that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every year. Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. We are so happy to introduce an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor is amazing and it comes with no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So, if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So, head to airdoctor.com and use the promo code, yourbestlife. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to A I R. D O C T O R P R O dot and use the promo code Your Best Life.
0: Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life.
1: It's a form of control. It's a form of de- destabilizing people. It's it's really a way of Getting a narcissist victim to believe that they don't have power,
0: and now we return to today's show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I remember in your TED talk, you actually said you. I wrote down this quote. You said, "I didn't want to continue living, but I was too afraid to die." That's Um, powerful. yeah, I I that was in a at a time
0: when I was finally able to walk again. I mean, I was walking with a limp, but I was it was about 2 years after recovering and being in and out of a wheelchair, up and off of crutches and surgery after surgery and I was trying everything, Rebecca, for the, this nerve disease. I was on 73 homeopathic pills. A day, 11 different prescription medications a day. I had tried ketamine infusions, Eastern, Western medicine, nothing was working. And I had started to drink every day. I mean, I was totally like, went from being this healthy, vibrant, person with a large community, friends, family, to really in a place of darkness where my circle of friends, I had shut out. I was trying to stuff down the pain and numb out the feelings and the pain with alcohol. And I was in this place where I was going, you know what? My daughters, they could, they could find another mom. My husband, he could find another wife. Like They, they deserve better than this. And again, that was a moment where I really, I got on my knees and I prayed and there was that little bit of light left in me. And I think we all have that light within us and we have to find ways to get it shining, to fan our flames, to whatever we can do. And I I prayed to God and I said, help me. How am I going to get through this? Why do I need to get through it? Are you there? Can you help me? And I think it was by the grace of God that gave me the courage to reach out to somebody to ask for help and stop trying to do everything on my own and stop trying to shut, numb out the feelings and embrace my circumstances so I could start to take steps to make my life better. And the thing that really changed my whole life really was my gratitude practice, first of all has pulled me out of a lot of darkness because it shifts it really shifts my perspective and it's something I still do to this day but it was also the power of prayer and asking god believing in something bigger than me that i didn't have to carry all this that i i could rely on a power greater than me whether you say god universe spirit whatever i say god and then asking for help from friends family it saying hey look i it's not, I'm not okay. I, I need help over here. And that really allowed me to make some meaningful connections and get the help that I need. And now it allows me to do the same for others.
1: Yeah. You talked about surf. I was going to ask you about that. pacer. you were like talking about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually came up with that one night because I was sitting at the dinner table with my husband and he was looking at me and I guess I looked pretty tired. He was like, you really need to pace yourself. And I don't know what it is, but when somebody tells me to calm down or to pace myself, I'm just like, really? (laughs) <laughs> I am pacing myself. Don't yeah. you see what I'm doing over here? But it really was inspired that whole pacer method. I really it really forced me to take a look within, take a look at what I was doing to get through all the challenges that I faced every day, to get through what I was dealing with emotionally and physically. What a, what it was I was doing to get through instead of being that victim, what I was doing to be the victor of my life. And I looked. I just grabbed a dinner napkin I started writing down everything on a dinner napkin and I came up with an acronym for PACER. Well, it was just going to be PACE, but I realized that I needed to be a PACER through life and I had to add that last R on there. So PACER stands for perspective, acceptance, community, endurance, and rest. And perspective is everything. I mean, we have the ability to shift our perspective and it can switch our day. It can change our life. And the quickest and easiest way to do that is to get grateful. And I know you hear a lot of people say, Oh, practice gratitude, get grateful. But I really could feel and see how it changed my life. One night when I was sitting in the hospital bed, I was all alone. This was back when I'm in the hospital and I started feeling myself spiral down into that overwhelm and then just depression because I was watching some infomercial and there were these beautiful girls running on the beach in their bikinis. And I started going, that inner, my mind and the soundtrack going on in my head and the inner critic was saying, yo, what if you never run on the beach? What if your husband never likes you or is attracted to you? What if you never wear a bikini? What if you can't chase after your kids? What if they amputate your leg tomorrow? What if you die tomorrow? Like it was just, it was going on into a spiral, a pity party. And I said, I've got a choice here. I can go down this road of despair, or I can choose to focus on what I can control right now. And I grabbed this gratitude journal. I started writing down everything that I was grateful for, the nurses that were taking care of me, along with their names, uh, the people who had brought me food and flowers, that I was still alive, that I could breathe, that I had a view outside. I couldn't go outside yet, but I could get out. I could see the sun and I had a vision for going out there again soon. And so I saw how instead of laying there looking down at my leg, I was really starting to focus on all the good in my life. And when you focus on the good, the good just keeps getting better. And I will tell you that this is something that I still practice every day. I start my day with gratitude and I have a God squad. It's a group of women and we text each other 10 things we're grateful for every morning. And then I end my day with my daughter and I cuddle up in bed and I'm like, What's one good thing that happened to you today and what is one thing that you're grateful for? And it really led me into acceptance, which is the second part of PACER. And acceptance was really hard for me. I mean, I was in denial. I didn't want to... I didn't want anybody to know I was in pain. I didn't want anybody to know that I had a nerve disease. Then when I started drinking every day and I really had to accept that I had a problem with drinking. And it wasn't until I took radical acceptance and radical accountability and had radical awareness about what I was doing in my life that I could actually start to make the changes. And so I think any transformation really starts with acceptance, any recovery. And that goes for your health, it goes for your marriage, it goes for your business. Like what are the things that you are doing that are moving you closer to your goals or maybe moving you further away? And so that was a big part of my healing journey journey and it really connected me with community, which is I think maybe the most powerful part of PACER. Community is everything. It's how I stay sober. It is what moves the needle on my business. It what It's community is what allows me to have belly laughs and good times and spark joy. It's allows it allows me to, we can lean on each other when the going gets tough. Community is like when you go and you show up at an event for your friend and I get to see you rocking it on stage in your patent leather skirt. Like community is just, it's... It's been what al- it has allowed me to conquer some fears. I just texted a friend of mine today, and I was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about you." She's like, "Hey, what's the latest and greatest?" And I'm like, "Actually, I'm I'm kind of trying to get my act together for this big event that I have coming up." And she goes. You already have your act together. Get out of your head. Like little reminders like that. It's like, that's why we have community. So we can remind each other. So we know we don't have to do it alone because man, being an entrepreneur or a mom, or if you are in a corporation or you're doing a podcast, whatever it may be, it takes endurance. And that's the next part of PACER. And endurance, I think, is where grit comes into play. And I think that endurance takes grit. I think the formula for grit, it's inspired by your vision and your purpose. It is fueled by your passion and your beliefs, and it's powered by your faith and your hope. And it is revived by resilience (laughs) And it's driven by love. And I think that it takes a little bit of fear of failure for me and a little bit of proving people wrong because I've been told my whole life I would never succeed or I'd never amount to anything or I would be stuck in a wheelchair forever. Nothing wrong with wheelchairs. My brother's been in a wheelchair his whole life, but that just wasn't the vision for me. So I think for endurance, it takes that grit. It takes, it's not necessarily about enduring the pain But it is about building your stamina so you can sustain whatever it is that you're going for. And so if we really keep our eye on our vision and focus on what we need and what our needs are, and that leads me into the last part of PACER, which is rest. And speaking of what your needs are, rest. I didn't want to add this one on to PACER. That's the hardest. Well, it was the hardest thing for me. It's getting easier now because I have made rest a part of my business strategy. And when I could redefine it in that way, I could go, oh, okay, resting doesn't mean I'm quitting or resting doesn't mean that I'm just not strong enough or whatever that resting I used to tell myself it meant. And growing up an athlete, it was like, there's no time to rest. You just keep going. And the entrepreneurial journey, it's like, it's all about the hustle and grind. And I'm like, no. It is about recovery and refueling yourself so you can show up, so you can go and spark creativity, so you can go and gather wisdom and come back and share that with your tribe. So I've taken rest to a whole nother level. I even wear like this ring that monitors how much sleep and the kind of sleep I get. And so that pacer is something that I use every day when I start to forget and I get in my head and I'm feeling anxious I'm like, Pacer, what am I leaving out? Okay, community, I need to reach out to someone. Or how did I not get enough rest? Do I need to shift my perspective about this? And so I hope that it's like really my sincere wish that the next time anyone who's listening is struggling, whether it's pain, whether it's anxiety or fear, if you just remember Pacer, Um, to get you through that moment and to really check in with yourself so you can have the life that you've always imagined, even when things don't go as planned.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash negotiate. Uh, I love that so much. I mean, I love the simplicity of it. And and especially because in, in some ways it's it's like pacing through the pain too. Because sometimes I think people just wanna go, I just want it done with. I just want it over. Or I I should be able to get out of this, or I should be able to be done with this. Or I should I I love the expression you should all over yourself, right? You yeah. Know? And but sometimes you just have to pace through it. Sometimes you just like the only way out is through. And so I think it's an an amazing thing that you came up with.
0: Well, thank you. It's really so simple. And it's just something that I use. and, And actually, I had never shared that with anyone. And then when they called me to do a TED Talk, and it was for a big one. It was a pres- one of the most prestigious TED Talks. It's Berkeley, and it was their 10-year anniversary.
1: So it was a big deal. But you crushed it, by the way. Everybody needs to go watch it on YouTube.
0: Thank you. I was like, oh my goodness. It was one of my, my. it was my very first talk on a big stage like that. And I was That's so... Amazing. Well, you know what? Thank you. I They tell you what is the most important lesson that you've learned that you can share. And they said don't talk about God and don't talk about your accident too much and I'm like, "Well, God is the most important thing." And and then uh and then this accident was the biggest life-changing thing for me. So I'm like, "Okay, how am I going to do this?" But anyway, I thought about this is something that I use every day that has changed my life. And I remember sometimes I think that we're given situations or circumstances to kind of test test how much we believe in our message. And right before I was doing the talk, I was sick. I had lost my voice. My daughter was sick and she was throwing up. And so I was going back downstairs to hold like a throw up bucket for her. And I threw out my back holding the bucket and I run upstairs and I'm on the floor and I'm supposed to be in at Berkeley in three days. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she's sick. She's throwing up. I haven't started throwing up yet. What if I'm not well? What if I can't even walk out on stage that what if, what if, what if? And my friend texted me and said, how's it going? I said, it's horrible. I don't even know if I'm going to make it. It's cr-. And I was freaking out, filled with anxiety. And she texted me back one word, pacer. And I was like, oh, Yes. How can I be in acceptance? Like, how can I shift my perspective? How can I be in acceptance for what is going on right now? What I can control? Like, there's no sense in freaking out. It is what it is. How can I just take care of myself in the moment? And I needed more rest. Like, it was just so simple. But sometimes I think when we're going through a difficult situation that that we need to get back to basics, like really get back to basics. And when I say that, I mean, are you getting enough rest? Are you, did you, did you eat? Did you move your body? Did you, did you forget to exercise? Did you forget to pray? Did you count your blessings that day and get grateful? Like it's so simple, but I really practice these basic necessities that I need to just feel good in the world. And sometimes I start to skip on those things. And that's when I notice that my anxiety starts to creep up or I start getting down on myself a little bit. And so there are non-negotiable things like, praying, my gratitude list, time to myself to to have that quiet time of reflection and journaling in the morning. So I wake up before everybody else wakes up and then moving my body because I really need that. I had a, uh, when I had postpartum depression after both my girls were born, my husband was like, you need to go to a shrink because our marriage is not going to last with you like this. Cause I, I mean, I was kind of, I was depressed. I was, I was really depressed. And I went to a psych, I went to a doctor, a psychologist, and she's like, yeah, uh, you might need to be medicated. And I said, well, I know if I can just, I'd had a cesarean. I said, I know if I can just get back to exercising and running again, I'll feel okay. And she said, well, if you need to work out to feel good, then something's definitely wrong with you and you need to be medicated. And I left there in tears. And I was like, screw you, <laughs> I'm just going to go for a run or I'm going to do what I can. That's back when I could run. Now, although I can't run the way that I used to, I have figured out other ways to move my body. And in fact, even when I was stuck in the hospital bed, I knew if I could just move however I could, that that it would help me mentally. And so I had a pull-up bar installed over my hospital bed And I had some light dumbbells. One of the trainers from the gym brought me and they weren't heavy. It wasn't like I was doing anything crazy, but it just made me feel like I was moving in the right direction. And it releases those endorphins that make you feel good. And so moving your body really does move your mood.
1: Absolutely. Oh, well, this has been so, so, so amazing. I, so... What is like the one thing that you would want everybody to know? Like who's like sitting in like the darkest place right now? Like what is like the one thing that you would definitely say, or or the the one last pearl of wisdom that you would want to share with them? I, I would say,
0: I mean, when I say I've been in that place, that dark place where I really didn't. Know how I was going to get out of it. i did i I was didn't want to live, that you're never alone to reach out for help. I think that sometimes when we are in such pain, and that's emotional pain, mental pain, or we're dealing with a lot of sadness or grief or or physical pain, or all of it wrapped all together, we feel like no one is going to understand our pain. and there's always somebody out there that has gone through something similar or going through something similar. And when we can share what we go through and allow people to help us through that situation, we and just share our vulnerability. See, I used to think that if I let my guard down and I shared how like much I was struggling or any kind of vulnerability, that it meant that I was weak. But that Vulnerability is actually your strength. And I think Brene Brown talks a lot about that, but I used to try to cover up all my scars and whether you have scars on the outside or scars that are so far deep inside you, emotional scars, that's actually your gift. That is actually, and sometimes we might think, oh, but I have all these obstacles that are getting in the way and those obstacles are the way. I used to look at my leg as disgusting and ugly and deformed. And now I look at my leg as, wow, these are the battles that I have won. It gives me strength. Wow, look at how my leg holds me up and how the body can heal. And so I think the most important thing is to never do it alone, ask for help, whether that's a doctor, a therapist, a friend, a stranger on Instagram who is dealing with something similar to you. I have met so many people on Instagram that have the same nerve disease that I have, or they're going through a similar situation, or there was a, there's a friend of mine I've met, her name's Erica. Her leg looks almost identical to mine. She oh was in a motorcycle God. accident and it, we met online. So. so when you start yeah. to just reach out, reach out, know that you're not alone, and then really ask yourself, what is your vision? Mm-hmm. And and what are your beliefs? And what are your needs? And what are your gifts? And what is your why? And go into your heart. And that's where you're going to find your hope and your energy mm-hmm. and, and pray. Beautiful. Man, there's
1: power in prayer. Oh, so much so. And gratitude. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you, find your book, all that good stuff? Yeah, well, if they podcast, yeah, uh, well, you're going to be on
0: that. Well, we've already recorded your episode. It's about to be released. I cannot wait for my audience to hear you and how you slay the narcissist. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, you can actually text me GRIT, G-R-I-T, to 818-214-7378. If you want that download of the Pacer, it's a free playbook that you can actually take that Method and apply it into your life. And then you can go to amberlylago.com and you can find everything on Instagram, is kind of where I hang out the most at Amberly Lago Motivation. And I have links to my book. You can get it on Amazon or check out Rebecca's interview on True Grit and Grace, and you can find that on any podcast platform.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Go follow her on Instagram, go get her book, text her. Follow her, check her out. She's amazing. And Amberly, thank you so much. You are incredible. And I am so blessed to be your friend and be in your presence. You are a light for the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung your best life, and I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating Confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever. And take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So, if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.